Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. And, Sid, the clock, the countdown has begun. Our DoorDash order of burritos is just one half hour away. Can we, in one half hour, fix whatever problem you're about to uh, bring to my attention, solve all the world's issues with this issue, and finally fix it for good? No. This is an issue that has existed for a very, very long time, and I do not believe that I have the ability or power or even all of the knowledge to solve it right now. But I do want to share it with everyone. And you will try to keep it to around 30 minutes because your boy needs his burritos. uh, We're a little late this week on our episode because I am on hospital service. And that makes me a little busier than usual. I was all ready. It was just finding the time to record. But we, uh, before I left work today, I said, okay, I got to go record a podcast. I'll see you guys later. And my residents, some of them listened and they were like, hey, what are you doing your show on? And I couldn't, I didn't know how to explain at work what I was going to do our show on. Uh, because of the inspiration is not exactly a music video that I could is is not appropriate for the workplace environment. Let's mm, say depending on your workplace, I guess. Uh I guess I guess that's true. <laughs> but generally speaking, you just don't talk about sex in the workplace. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> just don't. Yeah, you probably just don't. Just don't. It's probably better to not. Uh, and there will be some talk about, I should, I should say that at the top of this episode that we're going to, we're going to talk a little bit about SEX <laughs> You're and, it now? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and about, um, body parts and, and genitalia. And I always seek to do so in a, in appropriate, uh, doctorly scientific fashion. However, but, I get raunchy. Well, so. we, no, we are not going to get raunchy, but because it is that sort of material, I know that some families listen to the show. I so believe in having these conversations with your kids, but it you're not always ready. I mean, I got a six year old. I don't know if I'm ready for this conversation with her. It depends, but it really depends on how raunchy your kids are. Your kids <laughs> like to get raunchy and they no. love wild blue humor and they kind of like, you know, jack butt. Um, you know, that kind of jackbutt, uh huh, wild, raunchy South Park humor. Like, that's what we're going to be getting into. That's uh, what I'm going to be bringing at least. I told, I told them without getting into anything, I said that I want to talk about the topic of vagina shaming. 
and I was inspired by some internet reaction to a recent uh, song music video released by Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. And when I said that, the medical students cracked up because they knew what I was talking about. And the residents looked clueless because they're too busy to know what's happening in the world around them. But it, it that passes. Justin, have you heard the song? Have you seen this video? No. Should I put my headphones on and listen while you're explaining it and just so I can get a, a lay of the land? No. I'll sort of react live. It's fine. <laughs> I don't think that's necessary. Um, I'll just go ahead and start playing here's, it and check it out. <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, the, okay, so the the song is called, in case you haven't heard it, uh, it's like capital W-A-P. I have heard people pronounce it WAP or WAP. I, I think I will refrain from explaining it, uh, what, the, what they stand for. Um, but the thing is, I think it's a good song. It's musically impressive. And uh, the whole thing is, it's, it's supposed to be fun and raunchy and little sexy and or a lot sexy and it is i mean it is that it's 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 fun and it's the kind of thing that like i probably wouldn't watch with my six-year-old because there would be a lot of things to explain that uh i don't know she is quite ready for although once she is i'll talk to her about it um but it really got to some people it really upset some people and um i I, I can imagine why. I think there are multiple reasons. Justin, could you maybe guess why some people got so upset by this? The the song itself, the music video, the combination, the whole thing. Well, um, I mean, there's a lot of reasons. One is um, it's two black women owning their own sexuality, which mm-hmm. our culture is completely intolerant of. Yes. Um, so I, I would say that that's probably a big part of it. Um, and I guess, you know, to a lesser degree, probably just women in general owning their own sexuality yes. is not, uh, y- you know, is, is uh, tends to ruffle some less um, f- ruffle feather. Boy, I'm really trying to. No, I'm I think trying, I, don't I think I don't have a things. I don't have a problem with saying that. I think I think some of the criticism that was leveled at this uh, has uh, strong either racist misogynist or both undertones i don't think there's anything wrong with with making that statement um i'm not saying everyone who didn't enjoy it has those inclinations i think everyone's allowed to like and not like whatever music they want uh but if you're gonna take to the internet or your podcast or twitter or whatever um (laughs) to complain about it and make it a bigger cultural deal um, you better have some explanation for why this bothers you so much as opposed to all of the other ways we discuss and celebrate sex in our culture. Right. And other body parts. We like uh, the boys to get raunchy. We don't like people with vaginas to get raunchy. So we like penises to get raunchy. We like raunchy penises. Is that what you're trying to say? Okay. Uh, specifically, Ben Shapiro and Tucker Carlson got really... Dude, mad I don't about like it. To talk about them. I'm well. I mean, the that's ben, ben Shapiro. That's... Ben Shapiro is the reason that we have to explain some of this stuff because, uh, okay, so <laughs> Tucker Carlson said the usual stuff that you. Know, I mean, he's a jerk. The usual stuff he says. Ben Shapiro's thing is, in case you don't know, he's very famous for talking faster than he can think. So he talked about uh, 
this video in regard to I guess he read the lyrics. I did not listen to this. He read the lyrics to this song on his show. Well, that's um, of course you're going to lose some of the term. Then. <laughs> that's, and, not the, that's not the ideal venue. And then he tweeted about the fact that he is concerned about the medical conditions um, which these women in this video might have if they necessitate a bucket and a mop for their degree <laughs> of vaginal lubrication. And he credited this observation to his, quote, doctor wife. Mm. Which, by the way, there was a time where you used to call me Dr. Wife. Yeah, it was before you w- before we did Sawbones or any mm. shows together. So it wasn't, I didn't want to like talk about, I don't know, it seemed weird to, to violate your privacy by like talking about, you know, you know naming you and stuff like well, that. It wasn't like a secret. It was just no, like, I used to find it kind of endearing when you called me that. Now, I you can never call me that again. Haven't it's for a while, to be fair, but yes. No, it's lost its charm, but... Uh, but he includes in his differential, which I assume came from his doctor wife, a yeast infection, trichomoniasis, and bacterial vaginosis as reasons for vaginal lubrication. Now, before we get into this idea that we need to police vaginas, shame vaginas, talk publicly about what vaginas should and shouldn't do or look like or smell like or whatever, uh, for if right now you're screaming... Why does anyone have time to be worried about this? I understand. Absolutely. (laughs) And if you need to take a minute to scream that, I understand. But some people were worried about it. And there's a long history of people taking to whatever, I guess, if it was just a soapbox on a corner, they could have done that too, to shout about what vaginas are supposed to be like. (laughs) And I think we should address some misconceptions. Is been correct that vaginas should be dry always be dry i don't think so (laughs) so first of all (laughs) if you don't have a vagina you may not know that this is a problem that people with vaginas are constantly getting messages about what vaginas should be like and have for a very long time uh There are all kinds of magazine articles, wellness blogs. There are, uh, I would say, lots of, whether intentional or not, subtler messages from friends when you're growing up, from family members, well-meaning maybe family members who were told the same things by their family members growing up and so pass along some weird ideas about what that specific genitalia is supposed to be like. I would say that this probably does occur to people or occur for people with penises. Messages uh, about what a penis should be. I mean, yeah, sort of. I, I mean, guess. I'm not going to yeah. say that people with penises have never experienced genital shaming. I just don't want to try to compare. I mean, I'll say in my in my lifetime, I have, you know, there's definitely like you get you get. There's discussion, certainly more in the middle school sort of right. era. Right. And I'm just saying, I, I don't think that this is completely unique to people with vaginas, but I do think there is a much more uh, widespread, ingrained cultural history of this yes. for people with vaginas. There's also a lot less specificity, I think, about what makes a great penis. <laughs> Make it a great, a standout iconic penis. Justin's book about what makes a great penis will be coming out next month. Yeah. Um, so the word vagina, which actually is kind of newer 
the the word itself vagina really only dates back to like the 1600s there was a long time where there really wasn't a word for that genitalia seems healthy um the word itself comes from the latin for sheath as in the sheath for a sword i'm sorry okay i get it it's been going on a long time i'm sorry again about the whole thing everybody in the, the vagina, I'm sorry about the whole thing. In the ancient uh, Greco-Roman world, everything down there was kind of referred to by like the same thing. Like your your vulva, your uterus, all of it was just sort of the same word. And this isn't very different from now. Here's an interesting question for you. Do you know what part of the genitalia is the vagina? Oh my gosh, don't. That's not fair to me, honestly. Uh, you know I love this game. The How Dumb is Justin game. You know that it's one of my to, favorite Sawbones games. To be fair, I I did not see the episode. I cannot su- support that. But, you know, the Goop show with Gwyneth Paltrow. I know of it. Apparently, she did an episode about vaginas and was not clear on this distinction herself. Yeah, like better than so, Gwyneth Paltrow at health stuff is like my my lowest possible bar. <laughs> I'm just saying that there is, and I would say this is true for people with vaginas and people without vaginas, that it is not clear, it is not made clear what part of the genitalia is the vagina. Let me say this. I hope I'm in the right quadrant. Like, I think I basically know if I am, if I'm off by feet, I am very unnerved. The external part is actually called the vulva. And I, for those of you who know this, you're going, uh, yes, I know this, but there are a surprising number of people who don't realize that the vagina is the 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 passage the inside part the external part is called the vulva that is not the vagina but vagina tends to be used as a catch-all term for all that down there uh which i think is is because of this like air of mystery that has always engulfed that genitalia that part of the pelvis if there was not a penis present it was kind of like i don't know what all that other stuff is uh there were beliefs in the ancient world that people who had vaginas were thought to have more moisture in their body in general and less heat because if you had less moisture and more heat then you would have grown a a penis penis? gotten a penis been gifted a penis yeah um but because of this all of your organs sort of stayed inside like crammed up in there Instead of dropping down to what was considered the perfect state, the final evolution of the of the Pokemon that is our genitalia <laughs> is the penis and the scrotum. The, the, the vulva, the vagina, <laughs> the uterus, the ovaries, all of that was like a lesser stage of evolution. Can I just, do you mind if I text Griffin while recording and ask him? <laughs> because I feel like he would have had a really good Pokemon name uh-huh. for the final evolution. Um, do you mind if I just text him while recording and you then could, I'll just drop just, it? Okay. You could just text him that. I'll just let okay. it, I'll just ask him and then okay. I'll just say it out of nowhere. Basically the idea is that the vagina was an inverted penis and the uterus was an internal scrotum. Again, uh-huh. these. Not accurate. I, I don't I'm think getting. I, no, I, I was going to say, I don't think I need to clarify that these beliefs were not Right. Uh, and I, I have no comment on the concept of perfect genitalia. I think whatever genitalia makes you feel good is the perfect genitalia for you. And one is not inherently better than the other. They're just different. They're just different. They're just different. Uh, all of them in every, in every variety. 
Um, now, Galen specifically in reference to this said, if you're trying to like compare different genitalia and and I should note, too, um, when we're talking about references to genitalia in the ancient sense, a lot of the times they're using gendered terms for penises or vaginas that uh, I would not use today and, and also are not accurate. It is more accurate to talk about people with penises and people with vaginas mm-hmm. than it is to talk about. Uh, the word woman as synonymous with a person with a vagina, which is not true. You know, it's funny. We, we very early, early mm-hmm. in the Sawbones, um, we were not per, uh, uh, particularly good or responsible about that sort of using the proper terminology. And it felt uh, a little bit when we became aware of it, it felt like an encumbrance uh, kind of to try to remember, just to try to remember. But now at this point, I feel like it adds a degree of like specificity that's really helpful. Like mm-hmm. it's very, it's, hel- more, well, it's, it's more accurate. It's more accurate. Yeah. It's like, like it, it, I think it makes, it, it is actually makes like these discussions like easier to, you know, easier to have. And it takes a small amount of effort to make sure that everyone is recognized and seen. And encumbrance sounds terrible. I feel so terrible about the honesty with which I just said that. Cause I'm a straight white dude. I, I think it's, it's just, a, just, no, that honesty it was just hard to make myself remember, but now it, it's it's just a lot easier. But that but that honesty is important because it, it it can feel that way, and then once you do it, you realize, oh, I this is this is an easy thing, and the result is worth it always. So, uh, but Galen said, "Turn outward the woman's, turn inward, so to speak, and fold double the man's, and you will find the same in both in every respect." Basically, so you Galen just, said it's the same thing; it's just different shapes. <laughs> just folded in or out. Fold double the man's. That sounds like it would not feel good. Uh, So anyway, because of all the excess moisture that it was thought that people with vaginas had, and I'm not talking about like whether or not your vaginal area is wet. I am talking about like the entire, this was in like the, the idea of humors and people had pre had dispositions Mm, that were either dry or wet or cold or hot dispositions. And so the idea that some people have excess moisture were just wet people was considered like a reason for disease and something that you could fix by making them drier. So, and there were foods that were wet or dry and we've talked about this, but um, people with vaginas were thought to be sort of like wet and squishy all over. Like all of them was too wet. That's why it, and this would maybe have been a reference to different um, ways that like adipose tissue was distributed throughout the body. The idea that these bodies were, softer moister and as a result they necessitated menzies to get that out to get rid of some of that um and so none of this was analogous what's with, menzies in case people don't know. oh i'm sorry menstruation a period okay uh, i mean but, I know. you know you know i <laughs> you know, know. And this all ties into the practice of vaginal steaming. This practice has been, depending on who's trying to sell it to you, has been credited to um, ancient Chinese medical practices of like what was called moxibustion, which is when you burn mugwort at various points on your body to produce different kinds of health effects. It was also traditionally practiced in Thailand, in Mozambique, in South Africa, among other places. The Greeks were also into vaginal steaming. And you can see where like this idea of like some sort of warm steam could help get rid of all this wetness that you have and Seems counterintuitive actually and, and the fact me, that you're cold too that was the other thing if you were hotter then you would have a penis perfect yeah sort of sense um 
somebody's going to put to hear that sentence and yeah. put it somewhere out of context, and it's going to sound very strange. There's a lot of opportunities for that <laughs> so far this week, Sid. Um, in those steaming concoctions, by the way, usually like human or cow urine would be involved. The way that what you what are you going to put there to you know burn so that you could generate the steam for your vagina. Um, sometimes wine was involved. There were also like disemboweled animals stuffed with herbs that you could then pleasant. How pleasant. Gently burn to steam your vagina. None of this is a good idea. Please don't steam your vagina. I actually guessed that. Uh, and this all speaks to this central idea. If you're looking at, if you're thinking about all this, like these different things you could do to your vagina or problems with the vagina, then it, it hits you that this idea that vaginas naturally are dirty or broken or messed up or in some way imperfect. Need fixing. Yes. Uh, leads you to all this extra care and maintenance because they're already not the ideal. A penis. So if you can't have a penis, you're going to have to do some extra stuff down there to keep it healthy. And eventually that would morph into and attractive to others. Right. Um, now, we have done some shows on like fertility and birth control and those kinds of things. And we've talked about like some really awful things that, that people have done to the vagina throughout history for those specific issues. Um, I want to focus more on things we've done to just try to like make the vagina in its natural state, quote unquote, better. Not really addressing those issues. Um, douching was one of the most popular for a long time. Oh, you should be around Sydney when a douche act comes on TV. <laughs> Doesn't happen as much as it used to, but hachi machi this one. Woo! Douching. Spicy. <laughs> douching was originally a form of birth control. Uh, or thought to be a form of birth control, I should say. It does not work as birth control. It was also used to prevent infections, sexually, tra sexually transmitted infections specifically. It doesn't work for that either. Um, but that is why people started doing it. Uh, then Lysol came around in the early 1900s. Oh, no. And in addition to stopping pregnancy... It was advertised to fight odors. Now, if you're if you're going to step back and say, wait, are you trying to tell me that people would douche with Lysol? No. Yes. People oh. used Lysol as a, it was sold oh. as a douche. It wasn't it wasn't off label. It was on the label. It is a Lysol douche for people with vaginas to use to prevent pregnancy and to keep things fresh. Oh, no. That doesn't yes. even seem healthy. It wasn't. It did cause damage. It caused pain. And people were told it was fine and to keep doing it anyway. Uh, throughout the 1920s and 1930s, a lot of feminine care products were developed. So where do we have to start saying 19s there, isn't it? I know. That's, That's true. Um, the 20s again. And, and again, feminine care or feminine hygiene is, is generally the name that you'll see given to this category of products. Once again... This is a gendered term that is not accurate, but a lot of these products are unnecessary. So just to throw that <laughs> yeah, in there. Just let's leave them um, in, the, in, the, in the trash bin of history anyway. Yes. Uh, and the idea is that they were aimed at things like scenting and freshening the vagina. So like when we first developed panty liners, um, the, the earliest pads. That, that were available. Uh, they would make them like flowery scented and that kind of thing. Um, wipes and things that you could make stuff smell better. Of course, douches. And it was sort of like we realized as, as tampons and pads became a thing because we're looking at the same era where like we moved from when, when someone was having a period, they had to wear like those belts 
yeah. would strap on to the pad and all this, which were probably very uncomfortable and limiting as to what you could do with them. As we move into tampons and pads that you could take with you and like people become more mobile and are able to like continue to work or do whatever, be out in the world while they are on their periods. It, I think it dawned on a lot of marketers that, well, you could sell lots of things then to these people that have to do with their genitalia. Mm -hmm. This is a whole area where we could make a lot of money and it all fit nicely into this narrative. This is inferior genitalia. It inherently needs work. We like to make money. We will sell you things for it. Mm. Accessories. Accessories for your vagina. And things took off from there. Like what? I'm going to tell you right after we go to the billing department. Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared, all I got in two minutes, I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McQuarrie fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McElroy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, 
you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Sydney, if I remember correctly, you're about to horrify me with more vaginal mistreatment. So the big thing is that a lot of these products, even though they were, they would offer you all these other benefits with like scent and things, uh, supposed benefits, I should say. They, they were, the core reason they existed was for birth control in a lot of cases, especially the douche. Um, then we realized how to like actually make birth control <laughs> that worked, that was real. And so, and we realized that douching has never worked. We don't know. We knew, maybe we knew it didn't, maybe we didn't know, but why did we ever recommend it? Um, and so the people who, the douche sellers and douche marketers had to come up with a different message. The douche seller sounds like a very uh, unenjoyable BBC miniseries. <laughs> so how do we get people to continue to buy douches for their vaginas now that they know that they're not going to keep them from becoming pregnant? So how about instead we say, you know, your husband could be leaving you or cheating on you because you aren't clean enough down there. Mm. And there's only one way to fix that. Classic advertising thing, right? Like they talk mm-hmm. about on Mad Men a lot, like advertising is really creating, it's creating a want, like which is basically creating guilt or shame that can only be fixed by a product. Exactly. And in and, and the early marketing, it was very much tied to this like, to a heterosexual marriage because the idea that people were having sex outside of marriage would not have been spoken of. Well, you're already right on the line by talking about vaginas anyway. So it's got to be very focused on the family. So it was very much an ad aimed at uh, a wife. And the idea was you, he, he would like it if you were as fresh as you were the day you met. That was very, that was always the underlying Make your genitalia the way it was on your wedding night. <laughs> was I know how gross this is. It is. It's very gross. It's all very gross. Everybody remembers what their partner's vagina was like on their wedding <laughs> night. They're just chasing that, <laughs> that memory. The, it's funny because you see things like um, evolve as we move into like uh, some more of the women's liberation movement. And you get different messages, messages into like the 70s where you have like... Some again, it's all very it's all very heteronormative, but you get like a man and a woman who are very clearly supposed to look like kind of like hippies. Uh-huh. And he's like, uh, I always love the way she is down there, but she knows that I really love the smell of apricots. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> it's like like hanging a frigging air freshener down like I love his car, but I love it the most when it's got those little trees in there. It was like it was like they had to evolve as like sexual empowerment evolved sure. and feminism and all this. So like let's evolve with that to a different way of shaming that's subtler Own- so that they don't catch on. Own your sexuality by making your vagina smell like mango sparkleberry. Exactly. <laughs> Got it. Um, keep keep your business fresh for your sexually empowered experiences in or outside of a marriage. <laughs> but again, still only heterosexual, you know, is represented in any of this advertising. Um, but never mind that all of these messages are wrong. 
that the whole the whole idea, you know, is is of course wrong that it that vaginas inherently are dirty or unclean or unfresh or smelly. It's all degrading and wrong, but they just morph that same concept to appeal to people as culture shifted. Um, eventually, doctors would get on board with the idea that these products were harmful with the realization that like the vagina is self-cleaning. The vagina does not need to be cleaned out. Mm-hmm. And again, this is why, it, it, you know, terminology really is important because we're talking about our vulva, which is external. And just as like when you're taking a bath or a shower, it is important to clean your body that has contact with the outside world or could get dirty or sweaty or whatever. And so it is important to occasionally clean yourself. The vulva is external. The vagina is internal. It does not need to be cleaned. Your body's handling it. Yes. The vagina is, a, is self-cleaning. And there, it has a specific pH. And it does not need to be messed with. And it certainly doesn't need to be scented. And all of these products could be harmful. In addition to your normal vaginal flora, there is... There are bacteria that are supposed to be there that are good and that should grow and going and trying to wipe them all out with Lysol or whatever it is, is harmful to you and your health. Um, So in response to that, the douchers came out with vaginal wipes and shampoos and sprays just for the external freshening. Just so that, again, the idea being and have you ever had this idea sold to you, Justin? I would like to know. That when you are out in the world going about your day, that occasionally you need to sneak off to a bathroom so that you can wipe down your genitalia to make it fresher. I think the closest parallel is the the messages that we get about deodorant, right? Like, sure, you get, you know, your uh, your shame your shameful stink, <laughs> and, and everyone on the subway hates it, and they hate you, and you need to go put on a better antiperspirant. That's the closest I get. I, I get very little like messages about the way my genitalia needs to be. That unique. you need to sneak off somewhere and spray something in your underwear so that it smells nicer. No, yeah. It's just, I mean, people will talk about it, but it's much more just an accepted cost to do business rather than, you know. And, and it's, it's interesting because this is one, uh, the, the vagina and the shaming of the vagina. I, this is really not... Um, aligned with one or the other like political end of the spectrum because with tampons and pads we've seen a lot of uh, we've seen the rise of like natural products that are being sold like inherently anything all of these uh, original pads and tampons and things that came out are bad for you they have toxins they will damage you right uh, vaginal lubricants uh there were a lot that for a while um, specifically some very, um, I would say, progressive wellness advocates with their own lifestyle websites would tell you that uh, there are lubricants that have toxins in them and are artificial and, and they'll harm you if you use them. And so don't use any of those. Here are these very expensive organic natural products that you have to use um, to so that you don't accidentally, you know, damage your vagina or disrupt your endocrine system or Whatever, whatever they come up with else. yeah um which which is especially insulting I, as as a lot of advocates have pointed out to uh places all over the world where just access to these products is such a problem and so therefore uh the 
menzies can be completely limiting to those people's quality of life because they are unable to go to school or go to work or leave the house when they're occurring because they don't have access to these products to then like take it a step further and go, oh, but only use this specific natural brand that is promoted is, again, another way of shaming you for doing it wrong, doing your vagina wrong. And again, a lot of this damage can also get handed down. Um, I would say a lot of people, when they first learned about vaginal upkeep and maintenance, um, and again, I'm really talking about vulva, but everybody just uses the word vagina to mean the whole thing. Uh, They probably learned it from a a family member, from a a mother or a sister or maybe a friend, you know, um, Mm -hmm. who told them like, ooh, shave that or that shouldn't look that way or oh, I always use this wipe because this makes you fresher or whatever. Right. Um, and it, it can it can seem like, you know, you're well-intentioned, you're trying to help somebody out, but it's because we've all fallen victim to this same cultural myth. Because anything that we don't talk about as a culture, there's plenty of, of shade for misconceptions to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, Teen Vogue did an article, which I usually celebrate Teen Vogue because I think that they, they do a lot of good stuff. Uh, back in 2017, there was a much publicized article about your summer vagina mm. with the idea that in the summer you have to do extra things to your vagina to keep it not funky. And some of the things it, it's funny because if you look at the advice out of context, they tell you to do things like practice safe sex, wear sunscreen, rinse sand off of you if you have <laughs> sand on you. Seems intuitive, but yeah, okay. and that's fine. But once you involve like but because you have a vagina you have to rinse the sand off you specially yeah. <laughs> like i don't know what that has anything to do with it and then they they involve things like use some vaginal wipes for bacteria don't wear a wet bathing suit because it will change your vaginal ph uh the heat outside will dry out your vagina now that would be quite a feat are, yeah. i don't know how that would actually work <laughs> no, none of these things are true um, that you have to pee a lot to prevent a urinary tract infection. That's not true. I mean, please go urinate if you have to, but that is not that is not accurate. That goes um, for the show too. If you need to take a break to urinate, please. Or take us with you. We don't know. We don't know you're peeing. Um, and again, the vagina doesn't need extra care. It just needs the normal care that your whole body needs. Your, you know, hygiene is important to everyone with all bodies. Hygiene is valuable for all of us. Mm-hmm. It does. There is no special set of hygiene rules just for the vagina or for people who have one. Um, and then the other part of this is not just what vaginas look like and what they smell like, but then what they do, which takes us back to the music video that inspired this whole episode. There is an idea that uh, because vaginas are supposed to be fresh and clean in some way, this, uh, that also there is a special amount of vaginal lubrication that is normal and healthy. And if you have too much, there's something wrong with you. And if you have too little, there's something wrong with you. Um, And I think that this also gets tied into, this is probably why some of this is so pervasive. I, and correct me if I'm wrong, I suspect that the idea of too little vaginal lubrication being stigmatized is also tied to our beliefs about what it says about your partner's sexual performance. I think that's fair, yeah. Um, there is some idea that your partner is doing it wrong if mm. you if you do not have enough vaginal lubrication. Um, if you use artificial lube 
they're shaming like oh mm-hmm. again is it your partner's fault or what's wrong with you are you not i've heard this before are you not in touch enough with yourself with your body are you not in touch spiritually with yourself enough to be able to make that happen <laughs> to generate it um and then again on the other end there's this some idea that somehow someone who has more vaginal lubrication is promiscuous mm. or or dirty or something bad raunchier yes <laughs> something and that it's gross that the idea that oh well that's too much now you've taken it too far <laughs> uh, it's gross um and i i even read that there was something like uh that for a while there was this idea that something had developed on like instagram was it or one of those teen apps for uh, a dry panties challenge to prove that you were clean Jeez. apparently this was much like our um perennial uh sunning episode oh, okay where we learned wait that- hold on you mean taint tanning yes that yes that uh where we learned that it was really just like three people and then a bunch of news articles yeah. I think this was similar. It okay. was like three people in a bunch of news articles. Um, but I think the fact that so many people immediately believed that was true is proof that this idea that like the dryness of the vagina is still very much up for like objective <laughs> perfection. Yeah. How dry should it be at all times? And when is it acceptable to be not dry? And in those cases, how not dry can it get right. before we declare a problem? Um, I have had many... Pro- many conversations with at, through in my profession as a physician with people with vaginas about normal vaginal discharge. There is a huge misconception that the vagina should be completely dry right up until the moment of some sort of maybe arousal or intimacy. And then it should immediately return to its completely dry state. This is not true. The uh, vagina is lined with a muca- with mucosal mucous membrane type lining, a mucosal lining. Mm-hmm. It is naturally moist. The cervix has mucus that is normal. It is natural. It is of different um, thinness throughout the menstrual cycle. So sometimes it may come out as a little bit of discharge. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, it is not dry for a reason. It's not supposed to be completely dry. It never is. And again, that's not the vulva on the outside. We're talking about the vagina. The vagina is not dry. And I think that we have this idea that any sort of discharge means a problem and is gross and weird. And I think it traces to all this stuff we're talking about. The idea that there is a perfect genitalia and you can't have it or you didn't do it right or you're broken inherently because of what's going on with you. I got an exciting metaphor. Let me know how far off I am. Okay. okay. Uh, that it's like the vagina is like mm. eyeballs, right? They have to be wet all the time or they don't work right. If they get really wet, sometimes it means you're crying. But other times they get really wet and you're not crying. They just happen to get really wet for any number of reasons. But so if you see them very, very wet, it doesn't mean you're sad. It could mean a lot of different things. But if you see them dry, it doesn't mean you're not sad either. Some people are a little bit sad all the time. So it's ba- you can't really tell much about how somebody feels based on their eyeball wetness. But it is important that they be wet 
Sometimes, most of, almost all the time. They're just like eyeballs, vaginas like eyeballs. This was a weird, but somewhat accurate uh, analogy. Vaginas like eyeballs. Everybody's got eyeballs. Most most everybody's got eyeballs. Not everybody has a vagina. That's right. So I'm trying to explain. Uh I'm trying to give them a. I gotcha. Okay. For for people who don't, and for a lot of people who do, who are not taught this stuff, because we don't talk about vaginas. We don't even need to anymore because we got eyeballs. This eyeball thing is taking off. Vaginas like eyeballs. That's it. This is when I throw out there the caveat that there are conditions that do alter these things, of course. Yes. Right? Of course. Allergies, for one. Uh, To address, no, (laughs) to address specifically the conditions that uh, were were in Ben's differential diagnosis, um, bacterial vaginosis can cause excessive discharge and an odor. Uh, a yeast infection usually causes more of like a thick white discharge, not like, I don't know, vag- you would not mistake it for vaginal lubrication, probably, as well as some itching and burning. Um, trichomoniasis can cause a discharge, some odor and some pain when you pee. There are reasons why you could have a vaginal discharge that is abnormal, that is indicative of an illness, and that needs to be addressed. Which is why I recommend to everybody with a vagina, the same thing that I would recommend to everybody not with a vagina. <laughs> if there's something going on in your body that is causing you distress, go get it checked out. Ah. Please, please do. Please don't ever assume that something that you think and feel is a problem is normal. But sometimes it is true that stuff you're worried might be a problem isn't. And because our culture and our society has ingrained in us that parts of our body are supposed to look a certain way or feel a certain way or smell a certain way when really none of that is true. And I don't know that it's helpful to have like, you know, the famous vagina scented candle. Yes. Again, I don't know what it smells like. I did not purchase one. But whatever it is. Okay, well, there's your vagina. There are like lots of other vaginas that smell a lot of other different ways that are just fine. Yeah. That have no problems. No problems at all. If you think you have a problem with your vagina, please go get it checked out. If you think you have a problem with your eyeballs, please go get those checked out too. Um, But the implication that a wet vagina is a sick vagina is very damaging and misinformed. There are lots of wet vaginas that are perfectly healthy. If you want or need to use vaginal lub- artificial vaginal lubricant, that is fine and not indicative of any inherent problem. Or if you don't want or need to use vaginal lubricant, that is also fine and not indicative of any problem. It's a very personal thing. And uh, all this shaming of, I think, the vagina, but also sexuality mm. in certain members of our society who aren't supposed to embrace or... Um, explore or you know celebrate their own sexual power sexual being enjoyment of sexual activity what their body can do what it can allow them to feel all of those things are normal and quite frankly people with penises have been celebrating it forever Uh, yeah for a while so it's frustrating since the washington monument it's, At least since then. I would say before that. It's frustrating because... Leaning Tower of Pisa, that person has some <laughs> there are some uh, 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 inadequacies that they were trying to work through. It's very frustrating because these reactions... It was so embarrassing to, when it started leaning through. Oh, no. It's not like that. 
No, 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 nobody look. <laughs> These reactions uh, to this to this song, which again, I enjoyed. I I quite enjoyed. Um, it's good. It these reactions were largely from like I would say the conservative end of the spectrum, but vaginas get hit from both sides. Both the left and the right want to tell you what to do with your vagina and what is a normal vagina and what it should be like and look like and all these different things. And all of these messages are inappropriate and damaging. Um, there is no need to douche or or carry around freshening wipes with you. Um, th- there's no need for that. Just like there is no need to steam your vagina or put a jade egg inside it. Um, and all of these things can be very damaging. The best case scenario is you're getting ripped off and you're going to waste some money. But the worst case scenario is in some of these cases, you're going to damage your body. You're going to do harm to it. Um, hygiene is hygiene for all of us. Keep yourself well. There is no need, if you are a person with a vagina, to do special extra <laughs> vaginal cleaning and maintenance uh, that it isn't already doing for itself. And I think that whole aisle, which is still called the feminine hygiene aisle or feminine care aisle. I'm sorry. There, I mean, not everyone, because like there are menstrual products there, but almost every single product could be wiped out and we would still be just fine. There's one person that gets to decide if there's a problem with your vagina. And that's me. No, 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 you. Sorry, <laughs> I messed up right at the end. I was feeling good about it. Well, I would say, I would say, go t- go really talk to your doctor about it because yeah. there are a lot of people I see who who really have been made to feel like there's a problem with their vagina, and there isn't one. But they've gotten so many messages. Um, I didn't even get into like the whole idea of vaginoplasty. To like, if you have a, if you're a person with a vagina, but it doesn't look the way that you think a vagina is supposed to look like you mm-hmm. saw one in a movie or on TV or in a, a picture of a vagina that you think looks better than your vagina. And so you go have, you know, basically plastic surgery to fix your vagina to look more like those vaginas. Um, that, that idea that there is one perfect vagina is not true. Vaginas look as many different ways as there are people who have them. Like snowflakes. Um, Thank you so much for listening to our program. Uh, uh, we hope you've enjoyed yourself and learned something about vaginas. Uh, as as we say every episode, uh, that's our traditional sign off. I like. I will say I am very partial to the appropriate words for these things. I think vulva's fine, vagina's fine. Try out labia for a while. You know, just embrace these terms. Look at a diagram and really get to know these terms. Um, I like them. If you uh, want more sawbones, you can go to the bookstore of your choice. Uh, be it online or, I mean, preferably online. Let's say online. And uh, <laughs> and uh, get the Sawbones book. Uh, we a wrote lot it. of local bookstores are online too yeah, these days. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and and you can pick up our book there. Uh, so that there's audio and, uh, pa- you know, paper versions of the book. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to the tax- Analog. Analog. <laughs> Thanks to the taxpayers for the use of their song Medicines as the intro and outro of our program. Thanks to Max Fun Network for having us as a part of their family. And thank you to you for listening. Uh, we'll be with you again next week. But until then, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.